listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Well, hello, Denver and Colorado Springs. So this is our combined monthly market stats podcast that Jenny and I started to, to do together last month. So this is the second combined one, but we decided to combine them just because you know, the stats are very similar and we have people looking at both markets. And so it's just easier to combine them. And also we can feed off the stats and, and try to find any trends that may be happening between the two markets. But this month, Jenny, what is going on in the Springs market? Well, broken record syndrome, same old, same old. Uh, but I know that we we're talking prior, prior to recording the show that, um, I feel like all of the agents on our team are starting to feel a little bit of, of a sense of relief in the fact that, you know, maybe we're only competing against 15 other people instead of 20 other people uh, on a property. So it's definitely, um, you know, kind of the pressure is getting released a little bit slowly, but surely. Um, so hopefully that's encouraging for buyers out there. Yeah. And let's talk about that more because I mean, from, I'm going to share my, share my screen here. I mean, from a pure stats perspective, this is the, the Denver stats. You know, May, at the end of May 2021, we ended with 2,075 active listings at the end of the month, which I know is higher than Colorado Springs, but still <laughs> very low for Denver. You know, last month we were at 2,600. So, you know, we saw a decrease from April to May. Last May doesn't count because that's when things were still on pause from COVID. Back then we were at 7,000. So big shift there. And all the other stats, as Jenny said, it, it talks about the same or you know, tells the same story. But what's interesting is exactly what you said, Jenny. It's the, it's the feeling out there. Like it's not being reflected in really any of the major stats yet. But I mean, pretty much everyone's comment is they feel like there's just less competition or less offers on the properties that they're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so it's funny because, you know, we noticed that, of, I don't know, three weeks ago, I want to say, you know, kind of towards the third or fourth week of May that started becoming uh, obvious up, up up here. When did you start noticing it down there? Definitely come May. April was really rough for uh, the Colorado Springs team down here. Um, yeah, it was rather demoralizing of a month, but you know, I think we, we kind of picked back up uh, really well come May. And then I want to look at these uh, the showing trends here. Because this is this is a stat I like a lot, and this is the only data that uh, Jenny and I were able to look at that maybe goes along with the the comment of less less buyers out there, less competition. So this is the Denver market. You can see here in 2021, you know we've been in the 20 to 22 band of showings per listing. So every property that's listed on the market, there are 20 to 22 people going through that property, and in past years. That's been in like the low teens, like 10 to 14. So a big, significant increase. January is 20, February is 22, March was 21, April is 21.5, May was 18. So pretty significant drop there. And jumping over to the Springs page, I mean, it looks like the Springs is seeing the same thing, Jenny. I mean, you guys were a little bit fewer showings per property in like the high teens, 18 to 20 range this year. But in April, you're at 18, and then you dropped to about 15 in May. Mm -hmm. This is the only data I've seen that lines up with the, the feeling we're 
the feeling we all have now. Yep. I agree with that. And I know we were talking earlier, are there fewer buyers, uh, you know, or more homes, but we're not really seeing the more homes piece reflected in any of the data points. Um, and I don't know how you would, I don't think there's a way to ever track how many people are, you know, actively looking to buy. So I I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on, but, uh, it's certainly, uh, nicer for everyone who's, you know, looking as a buyer out there for sure. And maybe this is just, um, you know, some seasonality stuff. We often see around Memorial Day, things drop off. So this might be the first sign of seasonality since COVID happened. I mean, there's been no seasonality since the pandemic started, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe people are, you know, vaccinated and they're going on vacation now or something. I I have no idea. Um, (laughs) Just need a break from house shopping, probably. Well, I I hear some horror stories. Like I actually was talking with a, a new client yesterday, the day before. And he's telling me how I think it was like, you know, his neighbor's daughter, some connection like that, was buying her first home. He's like, I just don't want to spend forever, you know, putting in offers, looking at properties. Like, I just don't, I don't have all this time to do it. I said, well, why do you say that? He goes, oh, well, my, my neighbor's daughter, it took her 30 offers to get a property accepted in the contract. Oh my God. Wow. And, I mean, I've heard that before, but that's some of like the, the worst case spectrum. And I someone's like, hey, I, I get that. I know there's people out there doing that. And it's usually... You know, to me, it's two things. It's either a very unrealistic buyer or it's a, an inexperienced agent or maybe a combination of both. But I said, we've never had anything like that anywhere close to that. I mean, do you recall, Jenny, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you know, between you and Leah down there, I mean, what's the most offers that's taken under contract this year? Can you, do you have like a rough number? Or a I, yeah, I think my record is six. And I think Leah is close to the same. Okay. Yeah. So still, I mean, you know, higher than we were at last year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, on the higher side of putting in six offers, it's a lot more palatable than 30 offers. So yes. I can imagine if people out there, if they're, you know, if they're in the teens of putting offers in, um, you know, the double digits, they might be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go out Memorial Day and, and <laughs> drink and eat hot dogs instead of, you know, wasting more time on there. So it might just be a lot of buyer fatigue or buyer offer fatigue. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, I, I just putting myself in their shoes. I think I would be exhausted as well. If I, you know, seen 30 houses that I liked enough to put an offer on and didn't get any of them, that would be very, very frustrating. And I would probably want to take a, a pause as well for sure. And I was talking to some of our agents up here in, in the Denver market and the highest is seven so far. So just, okay. you know, not the same as you guys down there. It was not, again, nothing, nothing drastic. Mm-hmm. And I want to share that with you because I, you know, as I talked to, you know, I talked to a lot of people every week as you do, Jenny, and a lot of people hear their stories like, oh my gosh, they're going for so high and so many offers in there. I mean, obviously we are striking out more, but our ratios are still better than a lot of the people I talk to out there. So don't be discouraged. Um, and also this might be as, you know, if this trend holds up, or at least this, you know, this feeling that we are getting more offers accepted. And it's really not just a feeling. We've seen an uptick in offers last couple of weeks get accepted as well. Uh, if it continues, hey, it might be a, a good time to go out there and get active again. It's still competitive, but it's less competitive right now. And hopefully it stays like this, but who knows? Yeah, just to kind of brag on Leah a little bit. She had a, a new client and 
their very first offer, they got accepted. And the cherry on top is that it appraised for more than they're under contract for. So yeah, that's a a much different story than kind of how we were feeling about a month and a half ago. Yeah. And I remember I felt, I think I felt like last month talking with you and Lee, I I think, I think you guys had a rougher time than we did in Denver. (laughs) (laughs) You had some black guys last month. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) That's part of the game, right? It's just, it's part of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as a recap for our listeners out there, I mean, if you guys have any questions about this, I mean, definitely reach out. Jenny and I, we love talking about this. We keep our finger on the pulse of the market stats, also what's going on since you know, our team is in the trenches. And we can help you go out there and put together a good strategy so you still buy a property where it still makes sense in this market. Jenny's covered some creative ways on getting better cash flow, corporate rentals, room-by-room rentals for investors. We're recording some Airbnb uh, short-term rental content up here in Denver uh, this week and next week. So... There's a lot of other options out there than just traditional rentals if you're looking to really maximize your cash flow in this market. But regardless of that, with interest rates being where they're at, you know, they're still historically low. My guess is they'll stay here for a bit, tick up a little bit eventually. Um, inflation is looking like it'll tick up. I mean, when lumber goes up 300% from you know this month to this time last year, yeah, that might cause some inflation, it's going to cause issues. And there's all sorts of supply chains like that. So, you know, from the grand scheme, Jenny, I still think that like buying properties, putting them on like, you know, long-term cheap debt, while the numbers aren't quite as good as what we'd all like, from like a macro investing perspective, um, you know, it's kind of the best you can do out there. What, go go to Bitcoin, ride the roller coaster, <laughs> invest in the stock market. And I, and I still invest in the stock market every month, but, you know, they're hitting new highs, you know, every other week, it seems. Um, and real estate, the prices, I don't see them slowing down. I think they'll stop growing as quickly, but prices will continue. So a big part of my strategy now is just, Hey, buy good properties in good locations and put it on cheap long-term debt and, and ride the growth. And if inflation happens, right, ride the inflation wave as well. I completely agree. I know, um, for newer investors, it's probably frustrating seeing the prices going up, but it, I just like to to kind of put things into perspective that there's never going to be a perfect scenario to buy. Like you're just never going to find that absolute dream scenario. So take what is present and just kind of think about it in terms of, you know, like a long-term picture. Are you ever going to get rates for investment properties in the threes again? I don't know. Uh, probably not. I would imagine that this is kind of, you know, a, a sweet point in time for getting cheap debt. Um, so while you're kind of wrestling with higher price points, you're also getting cheaper debt. So whereas a couple of years ago, I was buying things, uh, at much lower price point, but my debt was a lot higher uh, in, in terms of interest rates. So just kind of, you know, taking what's there, taking what's available and just kind of looking at it from the whole picture instead of just looking right at that price point, you know, um, getting nervous for that. I agree with you, Jenny. So, you know, investors, if you guys have questions out there, reach out, you know, reach out to Jenny for the Springs, reach out to me for Denver, reach out to both of us who are not sure. We're happy to talk about this stuff. And we will be realistic. We love sitting down with people and saying, hey, what are your goals? What are your plans? What's your cash on hand? What type of returns do you want? Great. That's what you want. Now, here's what the market has. <laughs> Where's the overlap? And usually we find an overlap. And, and, you know, part of that too is adjusting expectations. 
or looking at some different variations or models uh, in our respective markets. And something like, you know what, like, if you want this, like, you can't find this, you're going to have to invest elsewhere or change your expectation. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for that guidance and help, that's a big passion of both Jenny's and mine. So please reach out. We're more than happy to do it. Of course, you can go to envisionrea.com, click on the investment consultation. It'll come through to me and Jenny. So Jenny, that's all I have. Any closing thoughts? Now, now it's my turn to put you on the spot. Yeah. What is your investing plan for the, the latter half of this year? Ooh, the latter half of this year? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went under contract a couple days ago on a property, uh, great home with an ADU. And it's more about um, getting long-term cheap debt. I went 15% down. You know, it cash flows a little bit, nothing great, but 15% down at four and one eighth or four and a quarter, a little higher interest rate since it was a lower down payment. But that's still what I want to do. I want to maximize that uh, cash out of my bank account or minimize, I should say, that cash out of my bank account so I can maximize re- my return. Because that difference between a 15% and 25% down payment was like $40,000. And either I keep that $40,000 in the bank or use it to, you know, that's a good chunk, another down payment on their property as well. Yeah. So my strategy is keep buying properties where the numbers make sense. Um, and also um, just getting on long-term debt to take advantage of it while we have it. That's awesome. Yep. Great. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. And everyone out there, have a great month. We'll see you next month. Bye, everyone.